What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. Hey, John Lim here. We've got a great episode today. We're moving forward with Andrew Rosso. He's an attorney, author, adjunct law professor, and former Forbes contributor with an emphasis on blockchain tech and cryptocurrency. He's also a media consultant for ABC, Fox, and NBC in Dayton. How are you today, Andrew? I'm good, John. Thank you so much for having me. No, uh, thank you. And I have to give a special shout out to Nicole Benham, who connected us on Instagram. And as soon as uh, she did so, I was so excited to get you on the show. So I really appreciate you taking out the time to do this. But Andrew, you do so many things. I would love for our listeners to learn about your story. So how did you get started? What got you into law? And then blockchain technology, cryptocurrency? I mean, you do so many different things. I, I do. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where you never really see yourself being where you are today. Yeah. Um, you know, I think at this point, uh, really what got start, got me started with law was growing up. You know, I, I grew up, you know, I'm 28, millennial, mm-hmm. love technology, love the gadgets and gizmos. And I was always curious on, you know, what would happen when you push the bounds of technology. And I yeah. think for my generation, at least, it was the kazaa limewire and the mm-hmm. streaming and downloading of music and you know while it was illegal people were curious on well how far can one go and my my take on it was what happens when you do go that far and at the at the time there really wasn't much uh emphasis on on the legal so that took me down the pathway to law school mm-hmm. and you know i loved it my, my father grew up here in dayton ohio so that brought me out of texas for a little bit and went to law school to, to learn more about how law and technology really coincide with one another, even conflict uh, with one another. Absolutely. And, yeah, I have a know, legal background. And one of the things I remember from law school in my early days in practice is that there's a disconnect by how quickly the law will sometimes adapt to all the different changes in technology, everything from the Copyright Act to, I mean, just cryptocurrency and and the internet. There's just so many vast changes. So I'm curious, Andrew, did you come from a family of attorneys? Was law school something that was um, encouraged by your family? Or was this something that you just kind of came onto on your own through your own curiosity? That, you know, that's a great question. And, uh, Luckily, you know, I had I've always had great uh, family support. Mm-hmm. I am the first attorney in the family, oh, but you know, as as my parents have said, I've I've had a knack for arguing and being a pain <laughs> for so many years. Why don't I stop being a pain to them and argue with other people and actually <laughs> make a difference? So, you know, they they encouraged me. It was never forced, but when I was in school up in New York, uh, studying, you know, for my bachelor's, I took on that pre-law degree because I really was fascinated with how the world of contracts work and really right. what it takes for two people or even a business to come to an understanding. And again, adding the that technology twist to it, it always adds something unique to to, to the puzzle. Absolutely. So let's, uh, I mean, and for our listeners, some of whom may be in law school or thinking about law school, I would love for you to share what is formulating in your mind? What is gelling or percolating as you're going through law school? Do you have a vision for what you want to do once you, once you finish? Sure. And you know that, that answer really, it's a good question because I, I still see a lot of 
friends and and uh, colleagues uh, across the country who have who've also struggled with this. And yeah. it's it's no different than when you're when you're going through college. You know, nobody really knows what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, there are a select few that you know have since you know eight nine years old have always wanted to do X or Y or Z. But for the most part, this is a time where you're really learning about yourself and sure. learning who you want to be, where you want to be, and the type of people you want around you. And to, to answer your question and for those listening, for me personally, I really didn't know what specifically I wanted to do until probably uh, the summer after I graduated law school wow. and that was studying for the bar exam. It's a very common thing because during yeah. the three years – you know, you're, you're doing the course load, you're doing the reading, you're doing the assignments and you're clerking, you're interning, you're externing <laughs> and all and those there, fall interviews. And <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. there's so much that's going on and it's part of the process of yeah. finding out what you like and don't like. And, yeah. and oftentimes, you know, you don't know until last minute, you know, when I started getting into what I'm doing now, this is all, you know, for the past two, three years, relatively new. I had no idea that I would be doing what I'm doing you know, at the end of law school. And I think that's a, that's a good thing because it shows an open-mindedness to, to what's around you. So I would say for those that are struggling, just, just don't beat yourself up. Don't panic. It's a completely normal feeling. Not to know I, Andrew, I am so glad you're sharing this because one of the things, and I know I experienced this when I was in law school, there's a pressure. There's, there's an external and internal pressure to feel like I have to know what I want to do at the end of this three-year or four-year journey going through law school. And I think law school and a lot of our graduate programs are structured this way. But I, what you're sharing, I think, is so important, especially when you're in your 20s, you don't always know what you want, uh, want to do. Or even if you think you do, that can sure. change over time. And I love that you're sharing, like, while you're studying for the bar exam, that's when you're starting to put the pieces together. So map out for our listeners what revelations or what takeaways or what big moments did you have that led you to the next step? Sure. Well, you know, studying for the bar exam is its own challenge in the world and its own. <laughs> yes. And there's, you know, there's so many pressures uh, from within the law school space with your peers and even external pressures yeah. with family friends, personal relationships. And I think knowing how to compartmentalize and it, there's definitely a sacrifice, as you know, that yes. you really have to put forward through this. But as you said, it's unfortunate that the law school atmosphere and its efforts to kind of discipline students or discipline individuals into the practice, they kind of they impart, whether intentionally or not, this this expectation that you have to know what you're doing at the end of the three years. You have to be right. X, Y, or Z. And unfortunately, that that's not the case. You know, that's that's really not the case. And if you were to ask any professor, or university dean, or even you know the Federal Bar Association, which I work very very close with, they all would agree that there this is a a new age where you really are in control of your own destiny and your own yeah. career path. So for me. It was after I passed the bar and I started working at one of the law firms here in Dayton. Mm -hmm. I've always had my passion for writing, always mm -hmm. wanted to be a writer, but just didn't feel that I was good enough and never really made the strides to find out. But for me, I knew it was never enough to uh, be able to support myself and maybe a family one day. So what I what I did was I started writing about the law and technology and how it implicates 
privacy rights. And that started with the Pokemon Go game that came out. Yes, three years yes, ago. I remember. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know how I had the hours I did of free time <laughs> on a weekend, but I when that came it, out. It, you know, actually I, it reminds me of the I, I listened to an interview with John Grisham and he kind of shared very similarly that yeah, you know, so he started out as a trial attorney in in Tennessee and then he would sit outside the courtroom and just write. On, yep. on legal pads, his first novel. Right. And and I love what you're sharing, that no matter how busy you are, you had this inkling that you wanted to write. So I'd love for you to share with our listeners, what did that look like? Did you start a blog? Were you writing for the law firm legal newsletter? What was your outlet to start? You know what? It's funny. I had no goal other than getting it on paper. So mm. I remember that week and I was like, this is a really cool concept. I grew up with Pokemon. That's fun. But then right after I was like, wait a minute, this is a terrible idea because people these days aren't necessarily the smartest. And what happens when somebody does something that's not as smart right. and they end up getting harmed or hurt on somebody's property. So mm. I wrote, I think it was about 15, 20 pages. I don't, again, I don't know where the time came from, but <laughs> uh, wrote an article about the privacy implications games specifically like Pokemon Go bring uh, to, to businesses, both small and large and to individuals, but from a privacy standpoint. Yeah. And yeah. I showed it to my boss and he loved it. He goes, why don't you submit this to the local bar association oh, for wow. their, their magazine? I said, all right, sure. I submitted it. They fell in love with it. They had to cut it down significantly, but, um, <laughs> they loved it. They published it. And somehow I still don't know, but that article went viral and that's, that's what great. led me to, uh, being in touch with Fox. Fox interviewed me and that, that it just took off. That wow. You know what I love about this story, Andrew, you, you actually thought about something that you were really interested in Pokemon go, and then you tied it into your legal background, your interest in technology. And then because you had that drive, you had that fire, I mean, you found the time. As busy as you are as, as an associate at a law firm, you actually found the time to do it. And I think that is an important takeaway for our listeners. Very, very much so. And that's, that's something that you, you learn through law school and you, you continue to learn as, as you uh, move forward uh, in, in your career. And I, I think with the theme of your show, which I absolutely love, oh, I think thank it, you. You know, it, it's something that we're all learning is time management, whether it's work or, or personal. And you know, there are so many hours in a day, but you have to prioritize, but you also have to remember to stay true to what you love and to yes. not get stuck in work mode. Because if you become so unhappy, you begin to despise what you once loved. Oh, I, I hear you. And I know that a lot of our listeners do as well. So really, really great. So when you started getting interviews with media outlets, I mean, what was your reaction to that? Were you comfortable with that? Were you skittish? I mean, because I know that's a big, big transition for some people to, to go in front of a camera to talk about a particular topic or subject. It was it was definitely a transition. It was uh, a combination of excitement, but also skepticism because I, you know, I'm very hard on myself, as I'm sure many people yeah. are. And, you know, comes with the occupation, I'm, I think. <laughs> it, you know, it definitely is. And, you know, I'm not one to brag about myself. I don't think anyone really likes to openly talk about themselves like that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I had always felt that, you know, why me? Why do they, why are they coming to me? What have I done to deserve this? And I, I have to keep reminding myself that I'm not doing this for the TV, for the limelight. It's right. to stay true to what I enjoy and that I wanted to communicate my message to others. Yeah. And that, that's really what it is. And I, I'd like to believe and think that I've stayed true to that. And, you know, every article I write, uh, whether it's on in the entertainment space or in the legal realm or even the blockchain cryptocurrency spaces, 
anybody can pick up an article and have some sort of message they take away, but it's all from a millennial point of view. I love something it. that we all can understand. And I, I love that you're adding the nuance that you are focusing on a particular niche, just coming at it from the perspective of a, a millennial professional, someone who loves the law and technology. Speaking of which, I think this is a great segue. So let's talk about developing and cultivating your interest in blockchain technology and crypto. So how did that come about? You know, is this something that you've been tracking since the very beginning? I'm very curious to hear kind of that transition. Sure. You know, it's funny. I accidentally stumbled into this area. Um, It's crazy. My whole story was kind of just, it it was never (laughs) planned. And I think this is the best part of it. Um, You know, I I, had known of Bitcoin. I knew of cryptocurrency back, you know, 2008, 2009, but Mm -hmm. never really dove in much more than the surface of understanding, hey, this white paper came out, this guy or group of people has have this idea of decentralizing our financial institutions and if two people want to engage in a transaction why should there be a, a bank involved or some sort of middleman right. involved why can't we just work together directly with no hassles and you know it, it, it was interesting but as i started writing you know the pokemon go thing took off i was asked to write for the huffington post uh for a while i think i did that for about uh five six months until they decided to relocate things Mm in-house and that's where uh, a blessing came and that was where Forbes reached out to me they actually contacted me on on Twitter and said you know we've been uh, keeping an eye on people you're one of the people we've kept an eye on we'd love to have you write for us I said absolutely and I was I was blown away and I I started you know I started writing for the money and markets section and you know, as as the publication has grown and the 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 editors and the teams have have grown, they've expanded and you know found new ways to implement their writers. And I was eventually moved into their digital money section. They said, "Would you like to write for them or write for this section?" I said, "Absolutely." Oh, that's uh, great. Um, but before I did, I, I, I educated myself. Before yeah. I wrote anything, I went to as many conferences as I could. I read as much as I could on online watched as many documentaries spoke to people because i never want to write on something and this gets into the law i will never write on something or attest to something that i don't have knowledge of or be able to stand in front of a court or judge and tell them that i believe in what i'm saying i love it i I love how the convergence of your two i mean it really just started with your love of technology and what are the boundaries asking yourself these questions and then now you're taking your legal background you're taking your love of technology and it really just i i love that you are providing so much knowledge in this space so i'm curious to ask you andrew i mean with everything you do what would you say is your big why? What motivates you every day? What gets you up in the morning? What is your purpose? Sure. Well, you know what? I, I, and it, it's a good question, and I'm sure most people uh, would immediately say the money. Um, my 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 perspective is money comes naturally. Mm-hmm. Is it easy? No, but money money is a natural thing. But what I think really it is for me is you know, knowing that I have a goal of becoming, you know, the very best in, in my area, um, it, it drives me. And of course, money money's a great thing, but right. I think meeting as many people as possible and, um, you know, working with as many people, it, it, it's fun because I get to meet 
executives from companies like IBM or Walmart or all these, you know, you know, these, these groups that you look up to, or you even buy their products and getting to work with these individuals in a way that you never thought before working with your favorite music artists. It's something, you know, (laughs) I've always dreamed, but I feel as if I'm giving back. I I guess that that's my answers. I'm giving back, but money will always come. When you were sitting for the bar exam and you're trying to contemplate what you're going to do next, did you ever imagine that this is what it would unfold to? No, not not even a little bit. I love it, and I think that's the best part. Yeah, and I, I, I what, what I love what about what you're sharing is that you love building relationships, and that comes through in your writing. That comes through just in the way you connect with people, and you also love engaging and taking that knowledge and sharing it with an audience. So, I want to ask you, Andrew. As we're speaking today, what would you say is the biggest challenge you face currently, or it could be an ongoing challenge, in achieving your big why? Sure, and that, that's a great question. Um, I, th- I think really it comes down to to my age and experience. You know, I'm still very, very new. I'm, I'm young, and I've only been practicing law for three, maybe three and a half years. And you know, as my mentor have said, as my boss has said, as my friends have said, is you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think being in a position to where it's the challenge of knowing how to go to that next level, how to transition mm-hmm. into being the best version of myself, of who I want to be and how I want to be that. Yeah, I love it. And, and so let's talk about that. So what are some steps that you've taken this year and that you plan on continuing as we move into the next year to move past this challenge? Sure. You know what? I think the best part is understanding that it's okay to reach out and ask for help, advice, uh, looking for new mentors. Um, I've reached out to the Federal Bar Association and I've, you know, I'm able to work with the Federal Bar President personally. I I work with uh, an anti-cyberbullying nonprofit out in the UK to help uh, be a resource for uh, those individuals who are victimized by online crimes and need an outlet to express themselves. And I think working with different organizations and institutions, again, goes back to my giving back. And yeah. not only am I able to give back, I'm learning from from these individuals. I'm learning from these organizations because I do have questions. And I think to not ask for help, regardless of age, is, is the biggest mistake one can make. I, I love it. That is such a great share. And as we're approaching the end of the year, moving forward, listeners, this is something that I want you to think about. I mean, Andrew has shared, I mean, if you read his bio, I mean, I'm, I'm glad Andrew has shared, you know, his feelings that, you know, he's still learning. And uh, because, Andrew, I read your bio, I read your work, and I forget that you've only been practicing for three years because you've done so many <laughs> things. But you've, you're showing that what what you can do you're you're not limited by your you know what you limitations you set on yourself that you, if you just put yourself out there there are so many opportunities to continue to grow to build those relationships and you've done amazing things and you're and I think you were demonstrating for our listeners that what is possible i mean the sky's the limit these days and i i love that you're sharing that so really really great share andrew are you ready for the knowledge burst session I, I, I thank you. I, yes, absolutely. And I appreciate everything you, you've said. Oh, no, I, my, my honor, my pleasure. Andrew, I'm excited to ask you this. As someone who has been studying blockchain and crypto for a while now, and you're writing about it, you're sharing your knowledge. And as you've mentioned, some of the companies you've mentioned, like Walmart, I know, Amazon, 
Microsoft, they're all now starting to explore blockchain applications. For businesses, what would you say is the most important aspect of blockchain to be aware of in 2019 as we're moving into that new year? Sure. Well, the, the first thing, and having you know spoken with and worked with many of these groups uh, on, on the surface level, is knowing what your business model is. Mm-hmm. You know, blockchain is extremely useful. Many of these companies have been exploring it for a long time, but in terms of disclosing it, up until recently they haven't, and yeah. it's because they've been learning and educating. But my biggest suggestion, as you know, as I've worked with these groups, is don't force technology into your structure your business model if it doesn't fit Mm. blockchain is not a universal solution to everything is it a solution that can address many issues whether it's supply chain or healthcare? absolutely but that doesn't mean it's going to fit every solution or every type of business what works for one small business may not work for another small business and same with with a larger enterprise um so i think really educating your your staff your employees and understanding what your company's goal is uh in the present and in the long term and seeing how that relates to to the use of blockchain technology and these new these new uh technologies i love it context is always king moving forward listeners when you're looking at technology whether it's augmented reality like pokemon go or blockchain really really great share andrew i'm going to switch gears now so with the holidays coming up i want you to ask you what's your favorite gift to give that costs under 30 dollars? and it doesn't have to be holiday specific it could be any uh, just in general but i'm curious to ask you oh wow (laughs) now you got me stumbled um (laughs) Under $30. You know what? I'm simple, and this is something I do. I love gift cards. Um, I know it may get a bad rap, but the the reason that I do it is, you know what? I'm not a mind reader. Yes, there are certain family uh, members or friends that I know very much about that I will, of course, always, you know, go beneath, beneath a gift card and, you know, get something that really means something to them. But in a general nature, a gift card can do many, many things oh, I, for many, many absolutely. people. And, you know, it, it could be a, some, something as simple as somebody who wants to donate that to, to a charity or yeah. use it for a medical bill. And you know what? The, the, it, it goes miles. And, you know, I never pretend to know something about somebody. And I think it's always a safe way to go. I, I actually think that's a great, great share for, for moving forward listeners. If you're stopped, stumped, no one will ever not appreciate a gift card. So I think that's a really, really good one. Andrew. But make sure you write a, a nice card. To oh, go absolutely. With so that, that's kind of, <laughs> that's how you mindset. buffer that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Andrew, I'm excited to ask you. So what is one small step or choice you're making today as we're speaking to move forward? Well, currently, uh, I wouldn't call it a small step, but a bigger step is I've been out in Ohio for about five, six years now. And, you know, I'm a big city kid. I grew up in Dallas, Texas. I went to, you know, my college or got my college bachelor's out in New York. And I think I'm ready for a change of scenery. So I'm looking at uh, the move out of Ohio. Hopefully my goal is by the end of the, the year or at the start of the new year. And you know, I, I don't want to stop practicing law. I'd love to keep practicing. And I think with what I'm doing, I'll be able to do that. So that's kind of where I'm headed is, you know, what else is out there? New change of scenery, new people. And, uh, 
you know what, again, I can continue doing everything I'm doing, but, you know, continue to learn more and absorb more information. So you are literally going to be moving forward. I love it. What a great, great show. Literally moving <laughs> yeah, forward. Definitely. <laughs> hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Well, Andrew, speaking of technology, are you ready to do a little time travel? I am. All right, we're going to step into a time machine. We're setting the date for five years from today. Tell me who you are in five years. Oh, wow. Well, hopefully I'm alive and that's always a, a first but you know what i with what's going on i have no idea and i think <laughs> it's it's scary yeah but exciting because my journey each day has been a new adventure of course there's challenges on me but it's been predictable for me so for me it it, it would be a little unique so i i don't i don't know but yeah. you know yeah. i i see myself continuing to do what i'm doing hopefully becoming the best at what I do, but also at the same time, giving back to those who, who reach out and, and need the assistance. That's, that's the best way I could answer that. You know what I loved about your answer, Andrew? I mean, just, just the appreciation that to be alive in five years. And I think that's important. And I think it's an important reminder that we should not take any day that we have on this earth for granted. So I love that answer because it, I think you may be the first guest who who has shared that, and I think that is such an important reminder, especially this time of year, but all year round. So, really, really awesome answer. Um, the reason I said that about about the health and and wellness is, you know, as you said, any anything can happen, and I had yeah. kind of my own life flash in front of me a few months ago. Mm. I was unfortunately the victim of a a school bus accident where a school bus ran a red light and hit me head on oh my and gosh. you know the the way it happened i should not be standing here today from what happened from what the uh, authorities said and i took that as uh, a gift from above yeah. and said you know what i don't want to waste another day and i guess that's where my appreciation comes well, that it, i think that i'm Thank you for sharing that, Andrew. And that is such an important reminder for our Moving Forward listeners. And really just take each day that you're here, that you wake up and, and have it with full appreciation. Embrace it. Make the most out of it as Andrew is doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Andrew, I have a bonus question for you. So sure. what do you think blockchain and crypto, the landscape will look like in five years if you had to venture a guess? Well, hopefully more advanced. I I, I think my biggest concern right now, as I'm sure the rest of the blockchain and cryptocurrency communities uh, expresses, is that of regulation. Mm -hmm. I think there is a lot to be said. There's a lot to be learned um, when it comes to regulating the space. And again, you know, the SEC has implemented its own rulings so far, but I think this is the first time where the world is learning what this technology can do. And, you know, I came into life during the birth of the internet and i think for many of us it's the first time that we're seeing a new birth of an internet or of a technology so it's very new for everyone it's similar to the dot-com era yeah. or the dot-com bubble and i think it will definitely be more advanced i think a structure will most likely def you know be, be in place and 
uh, hopefully I'd like to see a lot of this technology, at least blockchain, be used in healthcare and pharmaceuticals in the supply chain. You know, Walmart's already using it to uh, handle food tracking and tracing. And I, I think there's so many uses. And with cryptocurrency, it, it's hard to say, but you know, there's always other ways of, of dealing with certain transactions. And it may not be a universally accepted uh, principle, but hopefully in some places it can help improve communities, whether it's, you know, uh, humanitarian relief or, or, or whatnot. But I mean, the, the potential is unlimited. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Andrew, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all the fantastic work that you're doing? Absolutely. And I, I'm still building my new website. I recently hung uh, my shingle up a few weeks ago. Congratulations. So still, thank you. I'm still developing my website. But for anybody else to get in touch with me, more than welcome to email me at andrew at rossolaw.com. That's R-O-S-S-O-W. You can find me on Facebook at D Law or Twitter, which is Rosso ESQ. And Cyber Guy ESQ on Instagram. So I'm, I'm all over the place. And we'll have all of that listed on the write-up. Close out the show for us, Andrew. What parting wisdom do you want to share with Moving Forward listeners? Never give up. Uh, just regardless of what people say, there will always be people telling you it can't be done or why would you do that or it's very difficult to do whatever it is that you want to do. And that's only because it hasn't been done or they haven't seen it done. And that should be such a positive to hear because that's your challenge of saying, well, if it hasn't been done or you haven't seen it done, watch me do what I do. So don't let negativity get to you. Don't let the challenges get to you. Overcome it and you'll be golden. I love that. What a fantastic way to close out the show. And what great parting wisdom as we're approaching the holidays and the end of the year for you moving forward listeners. Andrew, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today to share your incredible story and some great insights into blockchain and the future of technology with our listeners so they can move forward. Thank you so much, Andrew. John, thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Moving forward, listeners, once again, I encourage you, check it out. We'll have the full write-up at bemovingforward.com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, at bemovingforward. Have a great week, and remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.